introducing Mr. Kawada himself, my dad. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, this is Quantum History. I am your host, Donnie Walter. Welcome to another episode of Fleming vs. Film Casino Royale. Today's guest is Luke Taggart from Bond's Apartment, also from Blunt Instruments Podcast. I just really am proud of the way this episode came out. I thought this was a really fun, really great debate. I do both. I, I, it was on the YouTube first. I wanted people to try to check out the YouTube first just because there's a lot of visuals there. And I'm still trying to grow that channel a little bit. Uh, but this, I, I know for me, I like listening to the podcast versions too. So I, I put them on both, but I wanted people to try to get on the YouTube version uh, a little sooner. But for me, again, I like to do things. I like to do things while I listen to podcast drive or whatever it is. So I put them on both. This is a really good episode. I'm really proud of the way this came out. Luke was fantastic. I thought the whole episode was great. I thought the debate was great. I thought the topic was great. And it was so much fun to do. And this is one of those that makes me love Bond again because, uh, yeah, I just, I'm just i just really excited to, to, for you guys to hear this. So without further ado, let's get into it. Luke Taggart, myself, Fleming versus Film, Casino Royale. Welcome in Luke Taggart, Bond's apartment. Uh, you know him, you love him, the most handsomest. He's like the, the Tom Cruise of the Bond community now. Look, look at this handsome devil. Uh, happy to have you What's on. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Welcome back. Thanks, man. Yeah, I uh, literally like not even two minutes ago said to my fiance, I'm doing a podcast, so don't come in here. And just now, mid-intro, she's like, hey, are you recording? <laughs> well, she That's can't keep her hands I'm off. I'm doing good. <laughs> can't, she can't keep yeah, the hands right. off you. She can't stop looking right. at that handsome face. <laughs> right that's what that was yeah i'm doing good buddy how are you so many cool stories in the community I, that's what i love doing the most i think um more right. than the researching and stuff like that i really enjoy doing these interviews and getting to meet people who are just fascinating people yeah yeah like me Unbelievably <laughs> and then i then i have other guests like luke taggart who i just he's I just absolute all idiots face, all face no brain <laughs> hello <laughs> yeah all face can couch <laughs> Well, I'm yeah. excited to do this, buddy, and I'm excited for have you because this is this is this is the creme de la creme of Fleming versus Film, buddy. I mean, this is yes. top dog, grade A material you're getting. Uh, yes, yes. Casino Royale, my uh, favorite. I, my favorite. Yeah, it is so good. The Fleming novel is so good. The Fleming, uh, the the oh, it, everything about this is so good. I think it is. I, I talk about a lot of these ones that are razor thin. The, the novel is so good, and the film is so good. And trying to decide which one was the best, but the way that this follows the novel and the film follow each other very well, uh, it makes yeah. for good debates about which one was better because the little nuances uh, is very exciting to do this. Uh, is that kind of you? Yeah. How do you feel about versus the novels versus the films? I agree. I this is the thing. I've never read any of the books until you asked me if I would do this, and yeah. I was, you know, and it's not. This is the thing. I I don't hate reading i really don't and and if i get lost i told you guys book, all face no brains but anyways right right <laughs> i can't read that's the real thing i just can't read no like i mean there's there's books that i read when i was a kid that have stuck with me to this day true the red fern gross um and then no it's uh everybody poops <laughs> <laughs> um no it's like one of them one of them actually in particular is castle in the attic did you ever read that one castle in i the did attic? not 
No, it's like a, a kid, a kid like and I'm going to butcher this, but basically goes into his his attic in his house that he's never been into. I think he was like scared of it for a while and went in there and found like a castle and then basically created this whole story centered around this this like toy castle. And then it it goes it's kind of like um, very princess diaries. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like a kid reading a book. It's like a book within a book. It's kind of like that. Um but I was glad you asked me to do this and I got to choose Casino Royale. And I got to tell you, after reading it, man, it's kind of like there's bits and pieces where I was like, damn, I wish this was in the film. Yeah. And then what surprised you like, about the film? What, what surprised you about the novel? Because when I first read the novels, I was surprised at um, the darkness of them. I thought they would be yes. a little more fluffier. I, I didn't expect them to be so um, gritty. What, yes, what, was, yeah. what was something that surprised you the first time you read your first flooding novel? That's number one. That's you, you hit the nail on the head, the darkness. And, and that's the thing, you know, I know that some of the films are not even as close to as dark as the novels are where Casino mm-hmm. Royale's got, it's, it's got its darkness in it for sure. Um, but just like, you know, I mean, and I'm sure we'll get into it, like the suicide thing with Vesper, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, I mean, and my other thing is the the excruciatingly great detail Fleming goes into, like the brass rail he's hanging on to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like things like that, you can just literally picture it. And that's what draws me in. You yeah. know, it's got to be descriptive. I need to be able to really paint a picture. And I will say it's very difficult to not just picture Daniel Craig <laughs> as Bond while you're reading yeah. it. You know what I mean? Which might be like a hindrance, but, but yeah. yeah, so those two things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to get into this. So we're going to have 10 topics that we're going to discuss, and then we're going to vote which one you like better. And then at the end, we're going to have the overall, which one you like better, Fleming or film. So let's get into the first thing we're going to talk about, which is the opening scene. Let's talk about the opening scene, the iconic first line of Casino Royale, the novel. The scent and smoke and sweat of a casino are nauseating at three in the morning. Then the soul erosion produced by high gambling, a, comp- a compost of greed and fear and nervous tension becomes unbearable and the senses awake and revolt from it. I mean, welcome to James Bond, right? <clears throat> right, right. I mean, that, that's a perfect example of the detail, though. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I had heard a long time ago that the best part about or I'm, I'm butchering this too. It's basically like, if you want to be a good writer, your first line needs to be the best hook, mm-hmm. you know, and everything else from there can, can basically be shit if you want <laughs> it to be, as long as you can hook the writer with the first sentence. And that's one right there where you're just like, I need to find out what's going on in this casino. Yeah. And why does it smell like that? You know what? <laughs> you know what I, I, mean? I, I There was this Indian reservation. I was from way, I'm from way upstate New York. And there was this Indian reservation that had this like dive little casino playing with the slots and stuff. And, you know, you go to Vegas now, it's so, it's so spriced up and so corporate now, right. even Fremont right. Street. I went, I went in 2010 in Fremont oh, yeah. Street. It was way darker than it is now. Now it's, I feel like I'm in Mall of America when I go to Fremont Street. It's completely yep. lost its yep. grit. But I remember this Indian reservation had a, this little casino thing. And I remember going in there and it just smelled of cigarette smoke and sweat and shame and just, mm-hmm. just this shame. <laughs> yeah, just sweat, shame and despair. despair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, reading that first line took me back to that. And that's how I kind of imagine it being um, because casinos back in the time were not uh, a place where you brought your family. They were not place. This right. was adult time. This was dark adult time. 
And uh, yeah. I love that opening line. It's just, it's just, uh, just perfection, right? So good. And then so you good. talk about the movie. You got so much good stuff about the movie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna mm-hmm. consider the opening scene, uh, not only the pre-title sequence, but we're gonna go right into the Madagascar. Well, let's okay. put both of it into it. So in the book, we've got he's in the casino he's planning to rob it he's looking into the sheaf he's checking the toilets and he finds um things in the toilet bulb and stuff like that versus the film where do you think did it better as far as setting it up not just the first line but setting up what you're going to have for the rest of the whole movie um i would i would say the novel did it better just because it's it's like on brand with with what it's about but this i mean that's the thing it's weird because you know, I was definitely of age to be reading these things before these films came out, mm-hmm. this, you know, Casino Royale and things like that. So to have read it after, truly for the first time, you start to think like, why did they make these changes? Why wasn't mm-hmm. this in the film? Why wasn't it? And the, they're trying to establish like, you know, the more of the terrorist angle with Lachif rather mm-hmm. than like the French, um, you know, whatever he was doing. I mean, it's I guess it's both terrorist cells, but this is more like, modern day terrorism you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like versus back then it was kind of more there was like a lot more espionage involved and and a lot of discretion and you know what i mean there's no internet there's no phones there's no you don't know who's who there's you know what i mean so they're kind of trying to like appeal to what's relevant but i mean i don't know maybe they just thought in the film like that'd be just a little too much casino time yeah i think that you're trying to balance of what's going to be visually pleasing versus what's going to be right imaginative pleasing and i think that what the film did is i i actually i actually like the film setting more because i think that i read as i reading so many novels he does this a lot of time with with the darkness so it doesn't really feel that unique whereas the film the parkour chase the the embassy blow up the show that he's running through walls rather than jumping over them you've got a sense that this Mm is a a more badass bond than we we've seen before and right. the brutality of that scene where he's drowning him in the sink. Um, yes. It, I yeah. mean, how did he die? Not well. Are you a double yeah. O? I mean, that's, a, that's a good point, too, because, you know, I, I think if you were to start this off in the casino, I think everyone would just be like, OK, so you you get this new yeah. bond and everyone gave him so much shit for being blonde and all whatever. Wear the life jacket. And then you're right, right. And then you're in long hair and then you're starting it off basically just like dr no so you're mm. kind of like what what separates him so far because yeah. you know gold not started it, the same way he started in the casino right. right right yeah so i mean it's like if you're trying to separate the actor and in the films and try to make them you know there's the darkness there but that's the thing though there's a difference between darkness and then being a badass and they mm. were trying to do both you yeah. know what i mean so i think that i think that the novel did a good job of showing the despair of the situation but i think the film did a better job of showing both He's gritty, he's dark, and he's badass. He runs through walls. So for me, yep. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna vote film on this one. What are you gonna go with? I mean, personally, I like the film better, but I will say for continuity purposes, I'll go novel. With novel, all right. For, for setup, right. setup Ooh. wise, I'll go novel. The with first it. ballot has been cast. There's no hanging chads. They yep. are affirmative. Oh, for one. (laughs) All right. Now let's get into, we're going to go to Le Chief's plot. So we're going to talk the differences between Le Chief's plot. So in Le Chief, in the the novel, it it was that he was running a prostitution ring. 
Uh, and right. he had all, he had other profitable businesses, but he was such a womanizer that he wanted a, a endless supply of women for himself. Right. So he got greedy. Mm -hmm. So then he put out in all these prostitution houses and then uh, France made prostitution illegal. So it basically bankrupt him. Yep. And now he was desperate for money because he was in with Smirsh and now he owed money Man, because Schmarsh. Sh I hate that fucking name. Oh my God. I hate <laughs> it does. That. It's so unesthetically pleased. Like it doesn't, especially in the time, audio book. Uh, the yeah. chief worked for Smirsh. Smirsh. Oh, there's like, a couple. There's what a couple, happened to my. <laughs> there's a couple of the <laughs> audio books that really make some of the guys who read it really accentuate that Schmarsh. It's <laughs> <laughs> just really bad. Whereas in the film, you've got. Uh, that he's dealing weapons and then he's yeah. trying to manipulate stocks and then he he loses it that way. Uh, right. Talk about wh where you think the strengths and weaknesses of, of either plot line for that. So so this is this is you know we talk about this all the time and I hope it doesn't you know it's not a dead horse thing but it's just the the time the, yeah. the novel was written. I mean you you 2006 you're talking about how he's got 15 brothels. You know, most people won't even know what a brothel is. And yeah. then, yeah, you know no, what no. I mean? what, so what are those like, brothels? I didn't know. I've never yeah, seen one of those. Yeah, ah. what is that? What is, yeah. yeah, like eight year olds, like, oh, a brothel. I haven't been there. My dad's been. What? Um, but yeah, it's like, so, so I think there's that, um, obviously. Um, and then, same thing, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's what's, what's hip now is, you know, the weapons arms dealing. And I shouldn't say hip, that's the wrong word, but you know what I mean? It's what's, mm. it's what's, going current, on yeah. now it's the relevancy but um i think with the novel it was way more mysterious i liked that that yeah. aspect of the novel it was it was creepy almost you know it was like he just completely operating in the shadows he was you know the the, the points the same he was wealthy lost money you know what i mean or he's gambling with other people's money or doing whatever he can to make himself profitable with other people's money um but I, I I don't know the brothel brothel thing was I, interesting to me. I agree. I I like that, and I I gave that a check. And you know, you're talking about the 1950s, and he's talking about you know whorehouses and stuff like that. That's that's right. it's it's something almost refreshing to hear about that because there is this CD aspect of life that's still here today, and it's not right. really it's not really talked about very much, only in passing about the, the sex trafficking and stuff like that. But there are real places that have very much right. these these houses. And, uh, you know, even, even when I went to one, cause I did a search warrant for one and I went in and you walked in and there were all these houses, there was all these rooms inside this, it looked like a front for a store, but you went upstairs and there were different rooms set up. They're all there. And then we went to the secret back room and we had to smash through it and you go on there and there were 30, um, TVs, like dolls, Oh, TVs. And they were broadcasting everything that happened. I'm sure unbeknownst to the Johns that came in there all over the world and this yeah. type of these type of cd places are still there so when you hear about it talked about you hear about these people you have disdain for this person so you yeah. read about this person le chief and you understand and at first he's just an arms weapon dealer for money which makes him a shitty person dealing arms but it doesn't make you really understand how grotesque this person is right whereas you hear about someone that is running these these sex traffic prostitution houses and claiming for themselves, you really begin to already set the stage that you are going to loathe this person. And it sets right. up, I think, better for the end when he talks about his good versus evil plot and just having to understand morality and ethics in that battle. Uh, I just think that the, the novel sets that up more beautifully. I have much more of a disdain for the chief knowing about his plot in that. 
versus that. Yeah. Yeah. And and the, the weird thing is too, like, as far as doing that in the film, I think sex trafficking or brothels and like I hear brothel brothel from back then and I just think like Godfather mafioso, like mm. just another another like form of laundering money and and things like that. And of course it's where the money's at, whatever. Um, if they were to do some sort of sex trafficking thing in 2006, especially if it was today, yeah, it's not, it's not, you know, you've really taken a dark turn on a film. You'd you know? have to almost put that on like a, a, a series for uh, some kind of other service. Cause you're not putting a movie out like that or anything's right. going to have broad base to deal with that kind of darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, for me, so after weighing the, the uh, pros and cons, uh, which part do you like better, the film or? I like the novel. I like I, the novel with this one too. Uh, me too. I'm absolutely going with the novel. That it absolutely sets it up better. The only problem with the novel is if you guys hear the audio book for this on Amazon, the guy who reads it does this Lashif voice that is just. How would you describe it? It's like, well, I mean, of course, you know, this is where the movie comes in again. You just picture Mads Mikkelsen, and then he does. I, I was listening to it literally this morning again just to really listen to that it was like my dear boy yeah yeah it was like like, he like like i would rather listen to him say smash for four hours than that and like even his his vesper impression sometimes like he would literally go into vesper and yeah he'd be like oh oh." she's like well i had two choices for for my meal and then he'd say something else and she'd be like and i'm just like what where's the consistency here dude like first and it's she wasn't like in distress for that second one, yeah. You know what I mean, he was yeah. like because it was like it was like chapter eight or nine when he's talking about um, telling her to order, um, and he's like, how does he say it? He's like, um, some like almost like order order as if you're a millionaire or something, and he's oh, like, yeah, I don't want you to do. disappoint that frock or whatever. And when she's like, oh, I have two choices, and then once he says something else, she's like, well, you know, I love. And I'm just like, who the fuck? Are, who's this now? <laughs> has this like guy ever met a woman? Like, what do we do? Yeah. Has this guy ever yeah, met like, a woman who, who is this? Like, yeah, it's like he, she thing. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh, we're going to go. Uh, not going to hold that against them, though. But just as a, as no. a point, whoever is listening to the audiobook is probably sitting here screaming at the TV or screaming at other podcasts as they listen to it. Yes. Oh, my God. Thank you guys. Yes, for saying it's it. terrible. But we are the advocates for the same thing you guys are thinking. <laughs> So let's do, I'm going to get into the, the setup as we get in further. We've got, um, when he talks about working with someone, he, he first gets the idea and he starts setting up with masses. In the film, it's not that much about what the math is set up and all that. But in the film, in the novel, it kind of does. And he talks about, I hope they don't send them stupid or worse yet, ambitious. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about, again, the strengths and weaknesses of the setup before we're getting into the counter? When, when M's in there, uh, talking about the plot and talking about the setup. So I, I liked that um, because for starters, just the whole, basically they kind of um, give you kind of like a synopsis, which you need because there's yeah. a lot of moving parts. So I like that. Um, and I liked that line that um, better yet ambitious line because it shows there's in the film, they do different things to show how blunt instrument he is and mm-hmm. how rough around the edges he is. And in the novel, they do it with something like that. You know, he starts off in a casino. You just picture him in a tuxedo or something, making all kinds of money, which he is. And they're saying that. 
and then um, basically just having his way with all these tables he's playing and just making as much money as he wants. Um, so yeah, I, I like the, the ambitious line because I think it kind of gives a, um, sense of his arrogance as a character mm -hmm. and as like a new double O and as like the beginning of bond type thing. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's, it's the novel's way of showing his like naivete and kind of like, don't, this person's just going to slow me down or get me killed type of thing, which yeah. in the film, they do that by he never really has that aspect at all, but they show how rough and blunt instrument he is by doing other things, the smashing yeah. through the walls. And when, he, when he breaks into the breaking M's into office, M's is brazen, yeah. 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 Uh, I took it too as if you ever worked with someone who's overeager, right? I mean, you, let's say yeah. you're doing your job, you've been doing it for a long time, and you understand that there are certain steps you take and there's a certain precautions you take and we get through there. And some people get on there and they're so eager to do something that you end up, they end up doing more harm than good. Um, right. So I, I I appreciate that line a lot. And then in the in the in the film, more Matis is he's not really used as well as he is in the, in the novel. I don't think. I think no. they kind of use him as a very periphery character, and they don't really flesh him out. And we're gonna kind of combine the two because I think they're kind of they coincide. But the feelings you have about Mathis, how they use it in the Munces, things like that. The, the Munces mm -hmm. are upstairs and they have the microphones in the room already. Right. Um, things like that. When you compare it to which one do you think did it better as far as the Mathis and everything else and Mathis himself? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll say I like that's, you know, that that just shows how, you know, that was old school Bond film, you mm -hmm. know, like the doctor, no, the ripping the hair out of his head and putting it on the yeah. on the closet or whatever, like checking out the room. Like we never saw Bond, Daniel Craig do anything like that. And, um, uh, you know, that was like what they thought a confidant was supposed to do at the time just kind of and what she does do in the film you know he does with like the the chief of police mm -hmm. aka michael g wilson who plays that part and um you know having the two guys in his trunk when he makes the phone call yeah um they play through for that aspect it's similar but and correct me if i'm wrong unless i miss this they don't make him a subject of suspicion at all in the novel correct no no yeah so when they did that when he film, says yeah, when he goes, your friend Mathis is my friend Mathis, there was never yeah. any of that in the right, book. Right, right. So, and then, of course, huge plot hole once they go to Quantum, you know what I mean? Because yeah. they ended Casino Royale with Mathis being a traitor. And then mm -hmm. just in between films, like, ah, oh, fuck that. Let's just, he's a nice guy. And, <laughs> and he's a good actor. Now. Let's bring him back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so I think um, I'd say the novel did it better with consistency. Um, but I liked the way they did it in the film with the things that he helped with. I think okay. he was more helpful in the film than he was in the novel, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So what are we picking for? You got to give me a solid side here. I'll go film. I'll go film no. with this one. I'll do film. Okay. I like where the way you I, were looking I, at me. I was like, what did I say? That's <laughs> something wrong. He's like, no, no, no. You, the novel. You, you didn't read it. Did you? <laughs> no, no. You, uh, you made a lot of good points. Um, and I see what you mean with the calling of that. I just found that the way they used Mathis, and I understand that it's a film and they're trying to get move things along, right? Um, right. But I think they kind of made Mathis more cheeky in mm -hmm. the film as opposed to the novel. So I'm going to go with the novel because I like that it's okay. more of him being an ally in the Desembelu versus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, versus the cheeky Mathis uh, you've got bodies in the trunk kind of thing. Right, right. 
I, I think I'm it's gonna hard go- to do because the novel's so good. It's just yeah. so damn good. So it's yeah. hard to go against it, but we got to do it for variety. Sake, right? <laughs> we got to do the hard task. That's the whole point. <laughs> All right. Nobody so- knows that Donnie's texting me as we go along. He's saying, go, go novel this time. Go, go. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, shit. Okay. I mean, novel. novel sorry. <laughs> Incorrect answer. <laughs> All right. Fourth Vesper meeting. The first mm. time that Vesper sits down. Yep. Now, I, I, for me, the film, I think it's my favorite scene of just dialogue in the entire mm. Bond series. 100%. So, yeah. I mean, let's get into the strength of witnesses. Vesper comes in in the first meeting. Go for it. Um, so, yeah. I mean, as far as the film goes, it is, I agree with you completely. It is a it's a scene that I've had memorized since 2006. It's unbelievable in every way. Um, there's not a single thing about that scene. That's not written perfectly. You know what I Even when he people... says, even when he says, how is the lamb skewered? Skewered. Yeah. I mean, one sympathizes. I... <laughs> so good. So fucking good. It is. unbelievable. You, you can't, you can't, you cannot have better writing than that. I, I don't no, think. No, and that's, that's where, side note, sometimes the Bond films get a bad rap, you know, come award season and, and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I mean, that, yeah, what a line. And just just Because don't attitude. look, like, even this year, I mean, if you're telling me that No Time to Die wasn't better than Don't Look Up, you're crazy. I know. And I wasn't even I a big No Time to Die fan, but Don't Look Up was one of the lose, it was a pathetic movie, I thought. It, it's, there's critics, critically speaking, you didn't, didn't even do half as well as No Time to Die, it, but yeah. it's got, you know, everybody who's anybody in that film. So they, you know how they are. But yeah. uh, And The House of Gucci, also horrendous film. But yeah. anyways, digress. All they've done is shit on House of Gucci for, for months and months and months. And I actually, side note again, went to see The Sopranos live. Those three guys, Michael Imperioli and a couple of the other ones like tour. Mm-hmm. And we went and saw them and someone in the audience was like, what do you think of House of Gucci? And Michael Imperioli, who still has a pretty good career and his publicist was probably like Shh. well the other two were like their fucking movie was so dumb oh my god their accents were... and michael imperial is like um i haven't seen it <laughs> anyways uh, uh, but, yes. but yeah so but yes the I writing think, was amazing yes the writing was fantastic and i will say the novel meeting was was also good um she just wasn't as um as equal in the way she behaved to him as she is in the film and we know Fleming had an issue with writing women sometimes or whatever or whatever um but yeah so I just thought as far as the film I mean you can't if you choose novel here just nuts but um I didn't I didn't hate the novel meeting but the train and everything it was just so different you know it was so much better in the film really was I agree. So when I, when I read the novel, I was like, Oh, this is good. It's a good meeting. You set it up better. Mm-hmm. But I mean that no matter what I'm doing, sometimes I'll have casino run out in the, in the background with the guess of that scene, I'm sitting down and I'm watching that entire scene every time, because it is just, it is a standout piece. And uh, yes, yep. I think anyone would be crazy not to pick the film on this one. So Even I am going when she gets up and leaves and he looks at her and he just kind of goes like, damn he's like fuck <laughs> what just happened <laughs> you know, i think like, i love you so what good. am i so it's too good. yeah <laughs> come back here and kiss me baby <laughs> all right film film all right buddy film, film two to two both of us we are tied it's getting nice getting razor thin 
Yeah. One that change. I always this is one that I always like to go because um I've done a few of these now and they never get this right. And it bothers me every time. And because I want my American representative in the Bond films to be good. Felix right. Leiter. Come on, what are they doing? Film versus novel. Tell me the good, the bad, and uh, the ugly between the novel and the film. Felix Leiter. So from an audiobook standpoint, you know, he's a southern southern white guy. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, I reckon I like cars. Yeah, he's like, yeah, listen here, Bondi. Listen <laughs> here, Jim. Listen here, Bondo. Um, so, okay. So I will go novel with it only because he's more present in the novel and the issue i have with the film is you've got a fantastic actor in jeffrey wright who which we also kind of found out recently that uh he and daniel craig had worked together once or twice before that and um which is probably why he even got cast but not not that he's not a great actor but um you know it, i it's they've done this throughout the craig films you get these great actors and you don't utilize them properly yeah. um you know he had like three lines and uh you know and they were and the they were lame yeah Bro brother from langley brother from langley yeah brother from langley. I hate, and he kept doing that like, I, I couldn't yeah i couldn't stand it and in the in whole the, the fruit thing pisses me off <laughs> like at least at least he had all kinds of shit to say in the novel so i'll go novel with it just because he he was more you know and this is where it's difficult too because the novel is from the 50s or 60s mm -hmm. or whatever um it's like he was more Dr. No, you know, actual someone he has a conversation with someone who's in the film, someone who contributes in some way in the novel. So I'd, I'd go novel with that. Yeah, I think it's hands down because it, uh, when you get to read the, the later novels, uh, Felix Leiter has a genuinely large part in all of the films mm -hmm. and in all, yeah. the novel, all the novels, I'm sorry. And uh, there is a genuine friendship that I don't think ever really they even try to portray until no time to die do they even try to actually get into a valid friendship right buddy buddy and they make fun of each other a lot in in the novel mm -hmm. there's this very much sarcastic making fun of each other joking on each other all the time that right i think adds a lot to it humanizes bond more there's so much about bond in the novels that's not human having a genuine friend or someone that he actually enjoys or, or, or hangs out with or, or a buddy um that works and bill tanner never is that in the films even though they try to do that a little right. bit sometimes it never right. really comes off right and they've never done it right in any of the films so again for me hands down novel goes for felix Slater. we are at three novel, to two novel. three to two all right here's another close one i don't think it's actually that close i think it's probably gonna be an easy one for you but yeah. the card game i'm gonna go the whole card game versus using okay. baccarat versus texas hold'em uh, the way the card game plays out, all the drama that happens, the stick gun versus the poison Mar Vesper Martini, the way he does it. Let's go into Strength and Witnesses, film, novel, card game. Um, I, I prefer poker over Baccarat because, I mean, Baccarat's confusing as shit. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> it's just, like, it's just wow. a boring. There's no skill to it. You're, no, no. And that's, yeah. He literally just, says yeah. it in the novel. It's about yeah. going on a run. That's yeah. basically it. Um, I hope to get a nine. That he, and that, how, yeah, and him and the dealer have the same odds. I was like, okay, well, I mean, so is Blackjack, but at least in Blackjack, you can kind of like, dis, you know what I mean? You, if you know basic strategy in Blackjack, you've already got better odds than the dealer does. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'd go poker. 
And that's one thing I would change. The novel does a very good job of, of um, going into detail, obviously. The weird thing I thought was the gun to his back falling off the chair thing, just like mid game. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, who we know that? Like, Nobody's like, goes on just, that. Yeah. 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 Like, you're trying to picture, picture it as you off. read it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. Like, and I, and, and, and he's I whispering like, in his ear. Just, like, nobody, nobody sits there and goes, Hey, why is that guy whispering in the ear? When, like, I know. No, I no know. And that's the question. thing, too. So I, I read the book, listened to the book, and then read a few different synopsis of it and watched Calvin Dyson's review of it. So I got a bunch of different. And when you read like the, um, like the synopsis of it or like the summary, literally, it's like, then Bond's at the table. He's playing Baccarat. Somebody comes up to him, puts a gun behind his back. He falls off the chair, gets back up, wins the hand. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, could you imagine being at like Motor City or MGM or something? We'll say like Caesars in Vegas and you're just sitting there and somebody tries to shoot you and you just turn around. And you're like, hey, wait a minute. And then you just like hit Blackjack and you're like, oh, cool. Uh, color up, please. And then you go and like kill him. Like, yeah. I don't... <laughs> doesn't make any You know sense. what I mean? So. Yeah. I think um, I think the like and they do it similar in the film where it's like there's a there's a long process with the game and in between there's different attempts on his life never really at the table aside from like the poisoning of the drink but yeah. I'd say the film does it in a more realistic way I think that's when the darkness kind of came out of the book and got like a little a little odd yeah I think he tried to you add a little I mean? drama in there and he's, he's he's doing a countdown in French and all that stuff in the novel versus yeah I yeah. think the film crushes this I think the film far um bettered that whole scenario um yeah. so for me hands down film crushes it um yeah and that's, little... that's just another thing too though for some of the things we've talked about as far as why things are different that just goes to show you right there Texas Hold'em was huge in 2006 mm -hmm. Yeah. So they changed, you know what I mean? So they just, that was the theme with that film. Whatever was relevant, they changed yeah. it to. Yep. And I think that it, it was a much needed, because I don't think you have that same, you can't get the same tension of Baccarat because literally, like I said, in, in luck. And side note, if you if you ever read the novel uh, and then go watch Goldeneye, the, the, back, the gap Baccarat, him and Xenia are playing, plays out exactly the way that Le Chief and Bond do. In really? The, in the, okay. Yep. So next time, you, next time you're watching uh, Goldeneye, you'll see the Baccarat game plays yeah. out the same as it does in Casino Royale. All right, three to three. Yeah. We're tied. We're tied. Ch let's get on. All right, let's get up. <laughs> the chase is on. All right. Okay. In the novel, uh, Vesper gets a note. Mathis needs her. In... The, the film, she gets the text, Mathis needs. From there, let's go for the strengths and weaknesses, uh, Fleming versus Phil. Oh, man, this is, this is, I think, might be one of the hardest ones because, mm -hmm. you know, in the film, you've got just the most beautiful car. You've got the spent. I mean, it's difficult because you've got the accompaniment of the score and, and the Guinness World Record for most flips yeah. in a car. You know, and then the way he's got her tied on the road and then in the film or in the novel, it's spike strips, right? He hits a spike strips and that's what causes the, the yeah. accident. Um, I will say Fleming did a fantastic job with building the hype in, in, the, in the chase. And I, I'm sure he probably set out to do that. You know what I mean? He was probably mm -hmm. like, I need a great chase scene in here. This has got to be a huge pivotal part of this novel. Um, it's just so 
it's almost unfair to compare the two because there's no score and there's no visuals for something so visually important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll have to just go film with it just to be kind of like a dick. <laughs> Going guess, straight film. You know, well, I'll definitely say, even though it's like, if the chase is so good in the novel, it is, it really is. I, here's, here's how I'll break it down. I'll say that the film, I enjoy listening to Bond's thoughts as he's chasing, right? So we don't get that in, that's the advantage that the novel has over the film that, we're right. watching when we're watching it all we're seeing is the action and hearing the score in the novel we're actually um hearing his thoughts and his thoughts are very contemptuous towards vesper he's like this silly mm-hmm. game and this stupid bitch gets me caught up in this you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna chase it right. for a little bit and if she if i don't get her she dies that's on her she knew the game she was playing um he's very much that's angry right. again because he was and you see that a lot you see the theory you the same theme a lot in in bond is that he lets his guard down he starts enjoying himself and in those moments he's weak and the minute he's weak then he gets taken advantage of enjoy listening to that play out and i enjoy the the way that the film plays out and his you get a sense of who he is and, and why he didn't want a woman on the um adventure because not only does he think they're hindrance but he knows himself and he knows that he can get caught up in that However, the visual right. of, of everything that goes along with the film, the flips, the score, the car, the Aston Martin is just, I mean, gorgeous, which it, have you, you got to sit in Zeritsky's, right? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I went for a ride. How did, how did you, how did you fit in it? Cause I could, I, 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 oh, I a, fit, you know me, I, I mean, was I fit a, by your <laughs> freaking monster. And I've I even was, said this too. We took a picture together at Gatherall, and I was like, unless it's Donnie's birthday, this picture's not going on, on <laughs> fucking public. I look like a child. <laughs> I was so disappointed. <laughs> like, I didn't fit in it. And I was trying to take a picture. I, I literally looked like a uh, can of uh, croissant. Like before you, when you bake them in, <laughs> yeah, you pop the top. A little Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah, a little, little Doughboy action <laughs> happening. I was very disappointed. But yeah. that car is so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that, I don't think you're a dick at all for picking the film. I'm sticking with you film for that one. Oh, good. Good. I'll go, I'll I mean, go and the right thing with- is too, you kind of had a good point there. And it's like in the beginning of the novel, he makes it very clear. He doesn't want anybody with him. Mm-hmm. And then when he's chasing this person, he's very pissed that he has to in the film. He does not, he, you can tell he's excited that she's there. Yeah. And then when he's chasing her, you can tell he's legitimately worried. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's once again, a completely opposite theme, yes. but Fleming does a great job of sticking with that theme as like, she's a burden. Yes. You know? I reluctantly vote for the film because I enjoy the fact that storyline. He's like, I can't believe I'm stuck with this bitch. Mm-hmm. And then Reluctant is right. It, yeah. And then it comes for a circle. I was like, this is why I didn't, this is why I knew this was going to happen. And he's right. mad at himself. He's mad at the situation. And, uh, it almost feels disingenuous when he's like, oh, I'll let her die. It almost feels like, yeah, he's saying that to himself, but he actually does care. Because if he really didn't care, he wouldn't be chasing her no. down. No. Um, so he's, it's very much a conflict of everything that he's feeling and all the emotions that he's felt in right. that time. But that being said, there's nothing like watching that car scene that's mm-hmm. just in, that, in, the, in the Aston Martin. So rather than the Citroen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all right, we are. Could have at to... least used the Bentley. Like, come on. <laughs> I know. Yeah, this <laughs> all right. So, we are at four to three. Now, capture happens. They're being brought back. He's in the villa. Mm-hmm. The chair. Yep. Strength and weaknesses. I mean, Let's go. 
I mean, this is this is probably one of the most shot for shot things here yeah. that we've got. Um, so I'll just go novel and I'll explain why, but I'll go novel because this incredible scene in the film wouldn't exist if it wasn't from the novel for the novel. And the novel does it so well that they basically pretty much copied it aside from the fact that it's a smash agent <laughs> that comes in and kills Lashie. My God, boy. Hate it. Yeah, listen here, oh boy. Oh, listen boy. boy. Um, I think the novel for this one, because, you know, you've, of course, with Daniel Craig, you get the visual of just how immaculate of shape he's in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and you see like Lashif is like disheveled and sweating and, and, you know, the enjoyment he's getting out of it, but also like the fear that he's, you he's know, panicked. you just see it on his face. Yeah, he's desperate. but the novel does a good job of, of conveying that. Yeah. You know, it's very descriptive. And um, yeah, when I when I read and heard this part, I was like, wow, this is like shot for shot. So I'll go novel just because it's the original and it's and it's so well done that you can't you can't stray from it. You know, I got to tell you, I was I was going to go film before I heard your reasoning. But you know what? I'm going to go with novel the same thing, I think, because oh, yeah. Because you know what? They didn't change anything. I mean, there's a couple throwing away lines in there. You're forever going to know you scratched my balls. I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't added, but the way that they did it in the wicker chair and the, and the cutting, I mean, the film did it flawlessly. They, Mm -hmm. they they put the dark, they could have, they could have screwed that scene up. Um, So I will give the film credit for doing that perfectly, but they followed the novel almost to a T and right. that whole thing in, in the screaming and the worry about your manhood and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll go with the novel. The only thing again that, that bothers me is it's like, I'm sure it's more, I mean, I did read the book too. So the first time it didn't bother me reading the book, but hearing the audiobook, him say, my dear boy, uh-huh. he does it. Another thing, if you ever, when you read um, from Russia with love, he does the same thing with red grant, red grant kept saying, calling him old man. And it bothers him. It annoys the hell out of him that he keeps calling yeah. him old man. And in Lashif, he uses the same thing, my dear boy. So I think it almost, Fleming tries to portray these people as a, not only um, lascivious and, and disgusting, but also just annoying. Yeah. And, you know, and, and these annoying, just horrible like bullies. Yeah, yeah, they're just annoying. And you just, there's somebody you don't even want to be around. Um, right. So I like that they do that. But I am going to, I'm going to join you. I'm going to join the novel because look, if you didn't even have to change it at all, you went script for script and did it. Even though I did it perfectly, uh, go with the novel. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Four to four. There's only two left that we're going to get into. So this is, this is good. This is a good one. This is a good one. Good. I'm going to have to try to read you um, (laughs) these next ones. You go, how about this? The last two, you go first. Okay. I can do that. See if that changes anything. All right. I will go. So we got the, the ninth one and this is, um, this is the recovery, right? He gets rescued. Smurfs comes in and kills him. We probably should have gone into that a little bit for the chair, but I, it kind of it goes. This is the same thing. Mm-hmm. Walks in, mm-hmm. shoots him in the head, calls it a day. They don't really change anything. But then recovery, yep. he gets back, and um, I really enjoy how the novel goes into. Um, Bond trying to pontificate about good versus evil, right? And he has this long, long thing where he's talking to Mathis and he, he reflects on the fact that um, Lachie says that he's playing Red Indians, right? And that really stuck with him because 
at that point, he felt like I have done all these things and, I, and I'm trying this and what am I doing it for? I'm just playing Red Indians for Kings, right? I am just doing all these things and where's my morality? And he, he says that he feels sorry for the devil and his disciples because they haven't been given a fair chance, right? I mean, the good has their book. They have God who's a clear image. He's a, he's a bearded man and he comes down and, and then you got the Bible and you've got all these books about how it's good and the devil doesn't have that thing. So you grow up wanting to kill villains and heroes and then there's a great line that they use again in No Time to Die that all the heroes and the villains get mixed up at some point. And then patriotism comes and saves the day, Bond talks about. And that whole, what am I doing this for? What am I risking my body for? What am I killing myself for? What am I doing? What am I killing other people for even? And he wrestles with this idea of morality. And I think that that's something that a young double O would have to have. You've, you've, been, you've killed people now and you're having to deal with where my sense of morality is. And- yep uh for that and for as opposed to the recovery where bond's there in the film and they come and stun mathis take him away and it's just they go and he's wondering you know you're more of a man than uh, my little finger or whatever he's like that's because you don't know what i can do with my little finger and then right they have, right they'll go up they never once talk about that morality and you know i'm i'm a big nerd about philosophizing about yeah. good and evil and ethics and like that. I really enjoy those types of discussions, especially with someone like Bond who is killing people in, in all these situations. And eventually you have to wrestle with your own morality. So for me, if I'm going to vote, the novel crushes it. And I love his views on good and evil, patriotism, and then having the guys of, or patriotism to be like, look, I don't even have to decide if what I'm doing is good or evil because it's, the, it's for the queen, right? Yeah. Now, how many times can you rely on that when you're killing people that you don't even really know why you're killing them just because it's on orders? Can patriotism right. always save the day for your own morality? And I love that discussion. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Maybe you shouldn't go first, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I agree, I agree. And I'll tell you why. So everybody had a huge problem in No Time to Die with Bond doing something for a woman and for a kid. Yeah. And that's not Bond. Let's start with Casino Royale. He makes all these decisions based on love for a woman, not yeah. for his own morality. And that dialogue, the inner dialogue he has, the one he has with Mathis in the novel, they don't touch on that at all in the film, no, at all. Don't touch and it. you kind of sit there and you think, okay, so in the novel, he's got this attitude towards working with people and then all these attempts on his life and he's, it kind of shows this degenerate, you know, gambler and smoker and drinker and all this different shit he's doing. And then someone who's working with him, someone who's also for queen and country gets taken and he's got like, Oh, God damn it. Like, come on, you've got to be kidding me. Like if, if I can't find her, she's whatever, she's dead, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then he makes this like moral after almost losing his life and all these things he goes through. Then he starts to question, why am I doing this? That is a reason somebody in that position, I think, would question that. Whereas it's like you meet this woman, you've only known her for like three days. And then yeah. you're like willing to quit and sail around the world. But it's like you, you're so quick to be like my friend Mathis or your friend Mathis or whatever. And, and all this and, and get rid of him and get rid of this person. So it's like there's still this like I don't trust anybody thing. And yet you trust her so much to literally quit your job not question anything you're doing and then you know what i mean it's just it yeah the, the novel plays it in a more realistic way i think yeah. 
I think that the novel, and he does this theme a lot. So the idea that Bond never does things for women is not, um, is not true because he does this, even maybe with the Connery is much cold, but in the novel, he's not. And he does right. this a lot, or he'll meet someone new and he'll think have this inner dialogue. Could I marry her? And I think he uses women as an escape of the mm -hmm. environment that he has and almost a longing for a normal life. He's in right. this crazy thing where he's got all these people trying to kill him. He's killing people. He's being sent all over the world. He's constantly in battling. And he's constantly infiltrating these dark, deep places. And yeah. I think sometimes he sees a woman and he romanticizes and he thinks about his escape, but in the novels, almost every, all the time, he's snapped back out of it. Right. He lets right. himself go into these little wandering ideas of what it would be like to be married and have kids and all that stuff and he, he thinks about it and he snaps back and he says look this isn't who i am this isn't the job i do maybe if i didn't have this job where i go around kill of it killing people i i would entertain it but i can't in yeah. this. and i think this was the the time and these this sets the tone i think for everything else and i think judy dench sends it very well is like good you've learned you've learned your lesson mm -hmm. and what mm -hmm. i really like to in in he'll it'll go back after the death of vesper but mathis sits here and, he, and listens and mathis is more refined um agent like he's been in the desembiru longer than bond's been a double all right yeah and he sits there and he hears um bond go on this long idea of morality and he thinks that all right well this is very interesting and you have the resignation he calls it in the the bullet in the revolver which is a murder suicide which you can take at any point mm -hmm. and if you if you resign you commit a murder suicide and there's your big there's your big power movie oh you leave a big gap in your country and all this other stuff but then right. he's going to say even if you do that you're going to be disappointed when you find out that even after Le Chief, there's more bad people mm -hmm. in this world in fact Lashif is not even close and when you go back to M he'll tell you another bad person needs to be done and if you really want to become a hero and you want to do good the fact is that you kill one or you get rid of one another one just takes its place right. and all the your idea of what good morality is is nothing if you just murder suicide your own career or what you're trying to do in in light of some superior morality that you think you have at this moment and the actuality is you don't, and there's plenty of bad people in here. So your cause is just, even though, even at this moment, you don't think that your cause is just. So right. I, I love all that part in, in the film. I get why they do it because not everyone wants to hear um, an ethics or, or talk about it. And I know I even, I right. get a bunch of shit sometimes for getting too much into podcasts, my podcast and getting into the weeds, things like that. And saying that people don't want to get into that. And, and I get that because not everyone wants to do that, but I just, for me, for me, I get a, a big bond boner, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the th I think the thing is too with, with, and you said it right, is I think in Casino Royale, he needs his, his epiphany needs to be a morality thing. And then down the line, once he's like, you know what, I can't get out of this. This is just my life. Then if you want to kind of like try to use a woman as a scapegoat and be like, oh, maybe this is my out next yeah. film. Maybe she's my out. Go for it. But I think in the film, which don't get me wrong, still fantastic. I think it was just a little premature. I agree. You know, I agree. So I, I'm voting for you, buddy. Five oh, to four novel. Yep. Okay. Death of Vesper. Yes. Go in. Do you want me to start again or do you want to start this time? I'll start it. I'll start it. Novel. hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Because it was gruesome and it was mysterious and it was, you know, interesting, you know, it was like, he comes back and she's dead. And there's a note where in the film, 
you're kind of sitting there and you're watching it and you know and if you, even even not having read the film before the the movie came out i knew that that was what was supposed to happen and the way they did it in the film was kind of like you know you M says it like she must have known she was going to her death. Well, she wasn't because he had killed everybody. Mr. White's like standing three buildings away. He's not doing shit and he doesn't seem to care to. Yeah. And she's in this thing and you've now eliminated every threat around you. And and it's to the point where it's like, it's not even like you don't know, like physically there is not a human around that is going to harm you. And I am here and you lock yourself in and allow yourself to drown. It's like, you didn't really need to do that. Yeah. So it's like, now you're not trusting me at all. When back to the last point, I've put all so much trust in this woman that I do not know that I'm willing to quit my job and question my whole life because of her. And she's like, well, I did this one bad thing. And I know like, if I come out of this cage, he's going to be really pissed. So let's just die. <laughs> Where it's like in the novel, it's like, it's almost fucked up. You know, it's yeah. like, she's like, there's no, no getting out of this. It's a life of, regret and looking over my shoulder and I don't know how he's going to react because in the novel he's kind of indifferent towards her for most of it he's kind of like why are you here you're a pain in the ass mm -hmm. why'd you get kidnapped you're once again causing problems yeah and then of course they have their day in the sun when you know a couple days on vacation or whatever but I just think in the film the way they portrayed it with him literally willing to give up everything to sail around the world as he literally says with her for the rest of his life until one of them has to get an honest job and that'll have to be you. Like he's planning his life with you yeah. and he's saved your life. There's nobody in this sinking building, but the two of you. And you're like, no, with the freaking <laughs> water bubbles. And then and it's just like, yeah, yeah. And then you can, <laughs> you can see her little mask. If you look close, I, I just thought the novel, it's just, you kind of turn the page and you're like, shit. Like she was just like, I'm done. I'm yeah. done. I, I thought, I just thought, it's not that the novel does it so much better because they're both well-written and the novels is a little less substance to it. You know, it's just kind of like she's dead. Mm -hmm. There's a note and this is what the note says. But I think it was just more along the lines of like a, a realistic thing or the reasoning making more sense. I think the novel did it better. I 100% agree with you. I 100% agree with you because I thought the film it felt like an add-on and I was, I thought, oh, they probably added that. That wasn't even in the, in the, in the, in the novel. I thought that was, oh, that's probably something they added like the plane or, or whatever else they added. Right. Um, and then you watch it and you try to think about, okay, well, I mean, your life isn't online. Is it the guilt? Is it all that? We're, we're trying to hear her internal dialogue or try to guess what's going through her mind. And it just doesn't quite hit the mark the way that the, the novel does. You have the fear of the person with the eye patch following in the car, right? And they try to do that as they're on the boat and they see the person with the, with the one eye, right? Right. Uh, but it doesn't have the same effect as the novel does. When the novel, you have the impending doom. You know, it's, you almost can feel it, right? And right. Bond does this a lot too in, in the novels where he kind of dismisses women's intuition, right? And it's, it's to a folly. Again, his... his his misogyny in that point is very much on right. point. You know, you must think I'm a stupid girl. Uh, no, no, darling. No, I, you're no just, smash. You're, I do yeah, not. Yeah, you're just not in it. And her intuition, she knows she's coming. But and then the, the, the phone call comes and he still has to start questioning. And then she lies about the phone call when he comes back from there. And things start piling on and piling on and piling on. And they try to do it a little bit in the film when he, she gets the text and she looks differently. 
but it's so much better in the novel. And then yeah. at the end, you, you've got the suicide and, you, and she just knew she was dead no matter what, right? She was going to mm -hmm. get killed no matter what. And yeah. there was no point in dragging you into it. And she did it for him. And it was the same story they used in Quantum was that she had a boyfriend who was kidnapped and she was doing it to save his life. Yeah. Which, you know, it, it was good. But I, I just, to me, the way they fleshed it out, the way they end it and just the suicide at the end and it just made more sense for me. Hands down, it was a novel. Yeah, I... I... My my last kind of thought on that too is, you know, the way she's portrayed in the film, she's she's at least putting on the front that she's his equal, you know, and she after their train conversation, she walks away and he literally is thinking like, what the hell just happened? Holy shit. Um, but even to the point, and I keep thinking in the hotel room in Italy, when she gets out of bed, she's putting her dress on, just got this kind of look on on her face where she's just like, like not like my shit doesn't stink thing but like she's literally going to do something horrible yeah. and she doesn't bat an eye and in the novel she kills herself and you're kind of like she was way more innocent in the novel and and you can sit there and think like is this like a, is this a portion of of the film or the book where you're like this has literally got to be because she has been witness to so many unbelievable things throughout the span of this novel to where even if she were to somehow make it out alive from all this, she's probably like mentally, I'm like completely damaged now. Yeah. But it's like in the film, they could have done like if they had actually made her, I mean, in a sense, she does kill herself in the film. But if she had done it the same way she did in the novel, that would almost take like this facade she puts on all film long of being like his equal being mm -hmm. a badass like i'm not going to give you the money blah 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 and he grabs her and she can like put up with her you know deal fend for herself and she's laying in the street and makes this deal for his you know all these things that she does like as a very independent kind of badass woman mm -hmm. and then at the very end you see it was all it was all a facade yeah like that could have made the film even better mm -hmm. you know so i think just it's kind of a no-brainer too with this one like the way she does it in the novel just makes more sense yeah i almost find when i get to the end and the, the sinking the sinking house and all that stuff i kind of feel like okay let's let's wrap this up now because right. i really i really like the ending where he's like how he's got the 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 gun he's like all right bond james bond i mean that's a badass ending which i do right. love that end, right. ending but yes um as opposed to just saying the bitch is dead again love both but i, I like that part better but for the Vesper and the way they do it. And I, and I like that he talks about when she ebbs and flows between being obsessed with him mm -hmm. in the moments and then being cold and being distant when they make love. And then yeah. that one night after he's like, I would have married you. And she's like, I, I feel beyond guilty. I'm going to let myself go. And then almost at that point, she decides she's going to kill herself and mm -hmm. she's going to give herself one more guilt-free night of just bliss with him. And then at, after they're done she cries in the pillow and he's like i don't know what to do with this she's constantly turning and then she he goes into his own room and leaves her be for that night and that's when she that's when she kills herself and you, you can almost right. picture her crying as she writes the note and knowing at one point she says yeah i know you're only two dares away but i must I, i'll lose my strength and i know you'll come save me yeah um, it's tragic yeah it really is you know? it definitely makes you feel um more pity for sure her, her situation and what yeah. she was forced to do and you, you hear bond side too is like yeah i understand you're doing this for me but i'm trying to think of all my colleagues that you've 
killed in alongside all the ciphers. And he talks about how he's out there putting his blood, sweat, and tears and, and life on the line to get this information, only to have it put on a train on a silver platter to the enemy by this same woman. Like he's right. out there risking his life to get this intel. He's out there doing everything he can for his country, only to have this girl go and give it away. And it's almost at that point that Mathis's words return, talking about, look, if you want to get rid of one bad guy, there's plenty more. And he talks about how the bad guy was at my elbow the entire time. And that point of just hardening him and realizing his purpose again, I think really ties the entire story back together. So for that, uh, for me, absolutely novel. Yep. Yep. Well said. All right. Moment of truth. Six, four, six, four for both of us. We both have the novel at six, four. Now I've done, Holy a shit. I've done a couple of these before and it's, it's always interesting for people to go into everyone I've done this with now, it, they go into thinking what they like better. And then they start going piece by piece by piece. Mm-hmm. And then they realize, you know what? I actually like that piece better done, but right. we're voting now, not just piece by piece, but it's, it's always interesting to see when you go by that, how it would be, but on yeah. the whole, on the whole, as an entirety, as an entire entity, you've got a choice. Fleming or film, what are you taking? Oh, man. So, this, although this is probably my favorite film, I will have to go with Fleming for this. You're going with Fleming. I, I think actually, I'm going to. I got to say, I'm shocked. Yeah, me I too. And did you see you hit the nail on you're a good host because I am sh- sh- just as shocked as you. <laughs> <laughs> just as shocked. It's just some of the detail, man. It's just hard. It's hard to, and you were right about pitying her in the film and in, in the novel and the film. I'm like, what a bitch. Like, why does she do that? Like so selfish. Yeah. And in the novel, you're like, wow, like, damn, damn. But yeah. I mean, it, oh, man, it's yeah. Well, Buddy, I got to tell you, Casino Royale and uh, From Russia with Love always go back and forth as my favorite mm-hmm. films. Me too. However, Me too. I, before I started this, I didn't know it was going to be either, but I'm going to join you, buddy. I, I just think the story wow. of Fleming's Casino Royale, the story start to finish the way and the way he brings it all back together. And for me, the, the, the deciding point for me was I really love, again, I love Casino Royale. I love watching it. Mm-hmm. But the way you tie it in and the way Bond has this whole journey he has at the end, even after the mission of morality and even Vesper goes through her own journey of morality. And, and there's this whole question about when you get into this dark world and you get into these dark things, there are things that you go through and things that go through your mind that you, a film can never portray. And the right. way that Fleming attacks these things, the way he does it with such grace, with such detail and with such poignancy, uh, for me, Fleming wins. You're right, dude. You once again, I was thinking when we were talking about the chase scene, I was like, how do you how do you show that on film? How do you show his inner dialogue on film? I think the only thing they could do is like maybe him calling Tanner and M and and telling them what's going on from the car mm-hmm. and just being like, I fucking told you, you never should have sent this. Per-. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's about all they can do. And in that moment, I mean, I guess it could have worked, but like there's just things in the novel that. Just I don't know how you do on film. So, yeah, well said, well said. All right, well, buddy. <laughs> well it's been a, it's been a, it's been a rough journey I know it's been an inter- yeah it's been a good episode it's been a lot of uh thoughts brought through and yeah. uh i gotta tell you i i love this this was such a fun episode for me me too i dude. love talking to you luke for any reason but this was you too buddy this was a lot of fun to do so thank you so much for coming on luke taggart 
He's got like 15 million things going on. All right. And uh, they're all fantastic. And I'm sure that everybody listening is watching that as well. So thank you so much. This has been Fleming versus film, a six, four and an overall win for Fleming for Casino Royale. I'm sure it's going to be a lot of people are probably going to be surprised with that. Luke. But thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much as always. Uh, Fantastic. Please follow everything that he does. Thanks, bud. Like what you saw, then hit that subscribe button. Comment down below and leave a like and then and hit that subscribe button. Why are you not hitting that subscribe button?